Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Welcome back and thank you for joining me. By the way, I can see the stats for all the downloads of my podcast and I am humbled. Thank you all so much for sharing my podcast with your friends because I can see the downloads of the podcast and they are growing with every episode. Uh, This is episode three. I will be speaking with Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister. Uh, We're going to talk about, you know, uh, he's known uh, for being a self-employed entrepreneur a very frugal guy a you know he's very big on being a minimalist um leaving a very small footprint on the planet and a uh, big big footprint in crypto uh, as a personality uh, adam meister is very well known um probably one of the most trolled uh youtube crypto personalities. I really wanted to get him on my show because I genuinely like the content that he produces and I like the way that he goes about it. I like his I like his flow, I like his moxie, I like his uh, point of view, I like his perspective on life and his perspective on cryptocurrencies. So I really wanted to just get Adam on the show to talk about him and we threw in some crypto here and there, but I really just wanted to get to know the guy behind the channel, which is Adam Meister's YouTube channel. So I invited him on, we talked about a couple things about being a self-employed, made, self-made entrepreneur, we spoke about his consulting, we spoke about being a minimalist, we spoke about being frugal and, and spending less to save more. You know, um, one of the things that we've covered, which I think is really good, and you, as you listen, you'll hear deeper about this, but um, the less you spend, you know, really puts you in a better place than somebody who may make more money than you. If they make more money than you, but they spend more than they save, and you make less than them, but you save more than that person, you know, you're going to end up having a uh, better future financially. Even though you don't, you may not make as much money as somebody else, you're still putting away a larger percentage of what you make as opposed to that person who may have a poor spending habit. Another reason why I wanted to get him on the show. Again, I am super humbled to have had all of you viewers, all of these listeners come to my channel, my podcast on the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Thank you so much. And without any delay, here's the interview. Thank you and have a day. Early 2011, it piqued my interest. Well, my name is Craig Grimes, and I first encountered Bitcoin when it was $3. My name is Cody Spearing. Um, I'm currently involved in Ethereum mining. What's up, though, man? What's up? How goes it, Kim <laughs> How goes it, Trevon James? When I first saw your video, I felt so like, damn, my shit looks terrible. Like, yo, <laughs> yo this guy, this guy's great. He's going places. My name is Ryan Strauss, I'm a Bitcoin evangelist. I first found out about Bitcoin in 2012 and pretty much becomes your entire life once you really uh, get into it there. Hello everyone, I'm uh, Brandon Rosano. I uh, am new to Philadelphia and this East Coast side of things. I'm Luciano, Luciano Valdez. Well, funny story about that is uh, I think it was host number two, Demetric, that reached out to you initially and then he was telling me about silly stoner ken and how he's like passionate about bitcoin i was like man this dude i don't know about this guy 
How goes it? Ken Bozak from the Bitcoinpodcast.com here to talk about Bitcoin and Bitcoin accessories. And today I get to talk about these things with Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister. Uh, Adam, go ahead, introduce yourself. Let everybody know who you are, how you got into crypto and what you do in the industry now. Hey, Ken, thank you so much for letting me be on your show this lovely evening. Everyone, pound that like button. All right, so how'd I get into cryptocurrency? I guess I started hearing about it around 2011. Uh, I like alternative finance. I was probably, you know, probably heard about it on the alternative finance channels. Uh, one guy in particular was really talking about it in 2012. And I guess that's why when it caught my ear and then I started hearing more that it crashed and it went back up again. And finally in 2013, when it started zooming up, and I was actually in Detroit at the time, visiting someone in the suburbs of Detroit. Uh, I uh, decided I got to get in now. I got to get my first two Bitcoin now. So that was in 2013 when I, I first got my two Bitcoin. And from there, I've just been uh, I've just been growing into the space and getting more and more Bitcoin and really just loving it. And a lot of things changed around my in my life around 2013. I I started traveling around the world and stuff then. Um, I sold the house of mine in Baltimore and uh, that's where I'm from. I'm from Baltimore and that's where I'm coming to you right now. I'm in Baltimore this second, but I'm going to be in Hong Kong in a couple of days. So what do I do now? Yeah, I have a, I have a Bitcoin channel on YouTube and I uh, post a new video there every day. You can find it at disruptmeister.com. And I just talk about what's going on in the cryptocurrency space and just to try to keep everybody up to date about the news, give some opinions, get some interesting guests on uh, from Bitcoin and the altcoins and cryptocurrency and, and, and just, and people from beyond uh, people from just traditional finance, like guys like Jayant Bandari, who I'm trying to get, he's a guy in, from India originally, just a guy I want to get into Bitcoin because he knows so much about India. He knows so much about finance. I think it's a great combination. But I also do uh, cryptocurrency consulting. People uh, pay me to teach them about cryptocurrency, teach them to set up their trezors, just anything. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur and I just like people to be positive and not to get addicted to doom porn and just be productive with their lives. And that's, <laughs> I guess that's my motto, just, just be productive and keep in motion, stay in motion. I just, you know, always try to network and just always try to meet new people and just get out there and, and have fun with your life because you only live once and life is pretty precious and awesome. You shouldn't, you shouldn't live in a doom porn hole being scared about the end of the world or, you know, you know all these things that aren't going to even happen. So. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I have a lot of those people that I actually just got out of my life that were living in the whole like, worst case doomsday type lifestyle and i was like yeah i gotta get away from those people and like you said network and build like you know the people that the people that you want to be like build that around yourself um so we know what you do now i'm really curious as to like what's next for adam meister uh what is like the next thing you got planned for you or i i hate to say it like this but for you and your brand like what's next for adam meister well, no, it is true. It's building the Adam Meister brand. It's building the Bitcoin Meister brand. It's building the Disrupt Meister brand. And I've thought about 
putting on a big event, but I mean, that's hard. <laughs> that's really hard. I don't know, spreading more of the philosophy of just um, being an individual and living outside the box and living outside the box even more, maybe just setting up a more formal setup where I live four places during the year. Like I'm trying to narrow down the amount of places I live during the year. Like I've been living a lot of different places and then coming back to Baltimore for various reasons, you know, whether to have to come back for a wedding or, or whatever. But I'm thinking about staying like three months at a time in four different places. That That's one thing that's definitely on my agenda, agenda kind of settling down a, a little bit in terms of not, not traveling as much, but just being in different locations, but at the same time, just becoming a more well-rounded individual. And I think introducing people more to some of my core beliefs beyond, beyond Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, just totally living outside the box, not having to have, not having to live in one location, not having to have a real job and kind of telling people that a, if, you know, if you're working, I mean, you could be happy working at Target or in retail or, or whatever, but there are other that, that's not a, necessarily what a real job is, just because society says that's what a real job is. For me, you know, just being an entrepreneur and having free time, not working nine to five, that's the awesome, the most awesome thing in the world, just working when you want to work and just going wherever you want, whenever you want. Just freedom is the most important thing to me and kind of just, I, I want to partner up with some people that are outside the cryptocurrency space too. Um, people that are into like alternative health, um, you know, into, into some of this fasting stuff, uh, in intermittent fasting. Um, yeah, I've looked into intermittent fasting. Oh yeah. It's pretty interesting it's, stuff. It's about, you know, I'm all into this kind of self-control and, uh, thinking long-term and not being impulsive, just planning, planning ahead and just being able to stick to something for a while. I mean, my whole Bitcoin philosophy is just buy and hold. It's really simple. Yep. Yeah. I was going to touch it's, on it's, that. You say, um, not to cut you off, but you did bring up a great question I had lined up. You say, and it's, you're most known for saying like, you know, long-term mentality. Could you explain to the viewers what that means to you? Well, it simply means just don't trade. Don't trade your Bitcoin. Just what's the point of like flipping Bitcoin and trying to buy altcoins when they're high? And then you're just traders. Trading is much different than investing. 95% of traders lose money. And they don't talk about, obviously, you don't hear guys just saying, oh, man, I lost. Very rarely you hear someone say, I lost so much. I I made such a huge mistake. Sometimes, sometimes you do, and I give those guys credit, but you only hear the five percent of people are like, "Oh, I did so well flipping this, flipping that." I mean, I've 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 been around day traders for a long time in my life, and they don't stay day traders. They go back to working at a Target. I mean, because they lose all their money, and you know, when you're the the people who are the wealthiest in the world, I've talked to people who work at banks. It's just modest looking people who invest, buy one thing and just forget about it. And then like 20 years later, they sell it for like a huge profit. It's not, it doesn't sound exciting, but it, it works out well. Now with, with Bitcoin, I mean, things change so fast in this space. 
people are willing to sell like if Bitcoin goes down a hundred dollars in a day which is really bad because it's gonna go down a hundred dollars many 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 more days this year and many many more days in the in the near future so I try to get people to look at the future as in the year 2020 which isn't that far away but does seem that far away psychologically because it's in a different decade you know it's the 20s <laughs> and but that's a really important year because that's the year of the next Bitcoin having and as you may remember last year was the Bitcoin having and there was a big run-up to that where the price basically doubled and one could foresee that same thing happening again that same hype cycle happening again perhaps it, it will start earlier like in late 2019 uh, th this this year uh, 2016 it the hype cycle of the having didn't really start until I guess the spring and then the having was in the summer basically early summer uh, but but I could so if people buy now they're already preparing for the 2020 having. Every once in a while, you'll see people even mention on Twitter, like, remember the 2020 having is a thousand days away. Well, yeah, people should remember that. I mean, it's it's not that it's not a glamorous strategy. And people also like they're such they have such a short-term mentality. They're like, dude, you tell people to buy Bitcoin. That's horrible advice. That's horrible advice. If you go back to my videos, I was telling people to buy it when it was two hundred dollars. How was that horrible advice? How was it horrible advice to tell people to buy it when it was $1,200? I mean, what's it worth now? I mean, we're talking double, quadruple, you know, eight times what it was, 10 times what it was worth. Just because something has temporarily, uh, other other altcoins have, you know, 10x and stuff, that doesn't make Bitcoin bad. I mean, you're insane if you think Bitcoin has been a bad investment during, at any period of time, it constantly beats its all-time highs. I mean, Go to the regular investment world where people are just happy that stocks go up 5% in a year. Go to the regular investment world where an old lady has like a bank account that pays 0.1% for the year or 0.01%. Yeah, and so people are living in a fantasy land here a little bit. Um, and again, when do you sell your you sell your precious Bitcoin for some alt, altcoin that you don't even know what the heck it does? And when do you sell that altcoin? And where do you store that altcoin? Do you just store it at the exchange? I mean, I try to I try to spread best practices too. There, there's so many newbies coming in. They they still think it's okay to sell it at exchange. They don't remember that Bitfinex got to save it to save their uh, cryptocurrency at exchange. You should never store it at exchange. They don't remember that just last year Bitfinex got hacked, or that you know uh, BTC E uh, stole everybody's Ethereum Classic. I mean. Stuff happens. Cryptocurrency is, is not about relying on a third party. It's not about relying on a bank. Don't treat these exchanges as banks because they just go under all the time. And their perfect their perfect exit strategy is just to steal everybody's Bitcoin or their cryptocurrency, whatever. I mean, BTC-E is in some uh, Eastern European country. No one knows who they are. You know, they're pretty cool. If you're going to trade a little bit there, I guess that's okay. But if you keep something there, you're insane. You're absolutely insane. And so it's it's good to remind people of that because there's just so many new people coming into the space constantly. It's amazing how fast they're coming into the space now. It's amazing. It's speaking of how, ama uh, how many people are getting into the space and how amazing it is, I actually just did a meetup in Philadelphia today speaking to a room full of people that were basically new to crypto, and we touched on some things like that. 
Um, I wanted to talk to you about like your thoughts on ICOs and how it's affecting crypto as a whole. Um, just go on a rant if you got one. I mean, what are your thoughts on ICOs? Uh, do we need regulation? What, what are they going to do to crypto in well, I don't think we need regulation with them, but we're going to get regulation. That's what's going to happen because some of these people are going to complain once some of them blow up and they're going to be like, why didn't you warn me that this was a total scam I was investing in? So the government's going to crack down on them and then the government's going to crack down on maybe Ethereum and, and, and probably try to regulate Bitcoin some more and stuff. So it, 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 there's going to be a domino effect that none of us are going to be very happy about. And that's, that's unfortunate. You know, I, I wish people didn't go run to the government when something bad happens to them. But that's just the nature of a lot of people. It's, it's unfortunate. They rely on the government for everything. And that's part, you know, that's part of my philosophy is just like ignore the government. Don't get caught up in these shenanigans. Try to be outside of it as much as possible. You know, don't, don't worry about Hillary, what she's doing or whatever. She's gone. I mean, don't try to study every move Trump does. But, uh, but, but going back to the ICOs, um, yeah, they're, they're kind of funny because uh, people are just buying into them not knowing what the heck they are. It's reminiscent of the dot-com era, totally, which anyone can Google, I mean, and see what happened. The people were just buying these things because they were going up, because every single one would go up, every si and, and people would hold on to them, and, and in the end, they all came crashing down and people couldn't get out fast enough and lots of people lost a lot of money and um you know you can i had simon dixon on my show who uh is a guy in in asia in hong kong actually and he's a finance dude he talked about how his own father like became broke because of it i mean smart smart people get tricked into this so i'm not saying people are stupid to get into icos they're just they just get caught in this fever and they just want to, they think, well, I, I can get 20x, 30x. Who cares about, you know, Bitcoin? And even though I know what Bitcoin is, I don't know what this ICO thing, I, I want 30x. So it, it's, it's a mess. At the same time, I think it's kind of interesting that, there, that cryptocurrency has brought us the opportunity to issue basically for any company out there to issue their own stocks. I mean, they don't have to do it through the normal process anymore. I think that's cool. Um, I think this has just went absolutely bonkers though. So buyer beware, just buyer beware. I've been warning people that this is not something I, I, I'd want to get into in this, is in this market. And you know, legitimate people have gotten into it. Vinny Lingham is legitimate. He's legitimate. He's trying to raise raise money in this cool new way. He's trying to follow the rules and everything. Even he caught the fever. So, I mean, I think is it's opened my eyes to some interesting ideas. Maybe people will be able to build things similar to ICOs that aren't as sketchy as some of these ICOs. It, it's, it, it shows the potential of cryptocurrency. So in a theoretical way, it's very positive. Um, I hope it doesn't get regulated. It's going to get regulated. But in reality, there's a lot of scam artists dealing with it. And then there's just a lot of greedy people who, who don't understand that there are people out there that just want to scam them. That half the stuff, I mean, like the cloud, it's just like the cloud mining stuff. People just, they want something that's too good to be true. 
and rather than stick with this, be like the tortoise and the tortoise in, in the hare and just take the slow path and uh, the, the slow, boring path. If you take the slow, boring path, you think long term, it's going to turn out all right. You're not going to have to deal with the hassles and the dangers um, of some of these things that are being suggested. And you're also going to be able to control your own destiny. I mean, when you just buy Bitcoin, you're holding your own Bitcoin. You're not holding some other weird thing or like having someone else hold your Bitcoin for you in the case of cloud mining scams and all these double your money scams. Yeah, personally, I kind of got into crypto and dove in and tried everything. I tried cloud mining. I tried altcoins. I, and from personal experience, I mean, I wish I could go back in time and just tell myself to hold it wait for it and keep holding and just keep waiting but I, I just wanted to play with it and like you were saying I, I was watching an interview a couple uh, days ago I think it was with Ben uh, from the BTC session but you were talking about like you know holding and stuff and I, I think you're right I mean I was just talking to a room full of people and you're gonna maybe make a good trade but you're probably gonna make more bad trades than good trades and you're eventually gonna learn the hard way that this isn't for you and by the time you learn you lost money uh, speaking of money, though, and I love that you brought up earlier the not a real job situation because um, I would love to talk about how you maybe make your income or earn your income for crypto. Um, so do you work for cryptocurrencies? Do you get paid in cryptocurrencies? What kind of jobs do you do since you are self-employed? Yeah, the, all the consulting stuff I do with cryptocurrency, people send me cryptocurrency. That is what I prefer. Bitcoin and a few people have sent Ethereum. There are some people who did the, the PayPal thing. Obviously, the YouTube channels monetized. Um, I have uh, affiliates. So, you know, I sell the T-shirts and the uh, and the trezors and everything. Uh, that that's coming to me in cryptocurrency. Obviously, the YouTube isn't coming to me in cryptocurrency. Now, obviously, uh, one of, one of the things I did beforehand, I've I've done some stuff with real estate in my past life. And that was buy and hold type of stuff. Too. Well, mostly buy and hold type of stuff. I lived, I lived in a pretty uh, a, a house I bought for uh, forty one thousand dollars in, in, in a pretty messed up neighborhood in Baltimore that we uh, we all moved to, and we helped make a better place. And um, that was a, a adventurous time. It was an awesome time. And so I sold that house. And uh, what I what I tell people it's it's not really how much you make; it's how much you save. And like I do not live uh, frivolously at all. I live very simply. So I have a lot of money saved up. I, I have quite, quite a bit, quite a bit of money saved up that, um, and I don't go through it very fast at all. Um, so you don't have to make a lot of money. I, I mean, I'm not making a lot of cash from doing all this stuff. I mean, you know how much the the YouTube channel pays. I mean, it's not that much. No. But man, I can live off. Of, you'd be surprised, man. I can live real simply. I don't have a wife. I don't have kids. Um, I just, I live, I don't, people laugh, but you know, I only, I only drink water. I'm a health nut, man. I'm a total, total health nut. Only, ne I never eat out. Um, These are all the reasons, by the way, I respect and admire you as a person, man. Like I, when I started watching your channel, I, yeah, the Bitcoin stuff is why I got there. But when you started talking about being frugal and, um, you know, saving more than spending and, you know, I, it made me come up with like a little thing like uh, live be live beneath your means to achieve your dreams. Like, you know, if you can only afford this, well, live under that and you'll have so much more to save. For me personally, 
Uh, I talk about this a lot. I actually just got my first phone bill, but I never paid a phone bill my whole adult life. I've only used my phone on Wi-Fi, and if I didn't have Wi-Fi, I didn't have a phone, so I could save that money every month. Dude, that's awesome, and that's what I do. I don't, I don't pay a phone bill. My phone is just connected to Google or whatever, and I mean, I can, I can use it outside of the country too. You know, I do Skype. There's so many free things. You know, we gotta take advantage of technology. Yes. Here. I, I want to actually address that. Was like, uh, so, so my whole life. I mean, has become a very disciplined life as I've gotten older. It's harder to do in your 20s. I mean, it's, it's definitely harder to do when, when you're real young and you're teen. Like some of these guys are 19 years old out there and they have no self-discipline at all. So they don't even understand what I'm talking about here. But I mean, it's like, so this discipline, it, 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 it goes through all certain, all these aspects of my life, being healthy, being able to fast for long periods of time, being able to resist the temptation of buying some ludicrous thing in reality and in um, an investment strategy too, just sticking with a path. And I, people have a hard time with that today. Again, they're, it's a very impulsive world and I've, I find I've, it's become more and more impulsive. You know, and, at the, and I wanted to bring up technology because I believe technology is something that is going to prevent so many doom and gloom scenarios from happening. A lot of people ask like, how can the United States keep up this being in such debt and having so many people on welfare and, 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 and eventually it, it, it's technology. It's technology allows us to keep going. We have the best technology in the world. We, we allow people to live at the highest standard of living. So they're quite content being wards of the state, living off of um, having the government pay for all their food. So th this, this sickening form of socialism that dominates the United States that everyone says is going to fail, it's not going to fail. People are content. People are content with their free cell phones, with their free food, and it's all because of our advanced technology. I have been around this world. I have been to Mozambique and Zimbabwe, um, which are basically in horrible shape in many ways, Mozambique worse than Zimbabwe, I guess. Um, and they, they don't take advantage of, of technology the way we do. They don't have the same uh, innovations that, that we do in this country. So um, we've, we've got it going on here. People don't realize that we can keep this up for quite some time. And this is something that Andy, Hoff, Andy Hoffman was a guest on my show today that he and I totally disagree with. He says that, oh, you know, everything's falling out. You know, we're in such a bad economic state. Really? Are we in such a bad? I mean, look how fat the poorest people are in America. Look how much food yep. they get. Look at you all the homeless people. They all have iPhones. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of things. Now, a lot of them, and the reason many people are homeless is because they have they're they're mentally ill. That that's why they're out there, and that's unfortunate. That's a, that's a completely different issue. Um, but I mean, the, the the poor, the poor now, it's it's quite a comfortable lifestyle. That the housing is quite nice. The public housing is quite. You know, I've traveled around the United States. I've seen a lot of public housing. Uh, you know, Baltimore, they, they live nice. They got nice cars. I've been up to Maine. Uh, the, the Somali immigrants that live up in Maine have great public housing. I mean, it's so much, the, what the United States government provides its people is so much better than what people live in with their own money in most countries all over the world where people are struggling. And we just, we just live in a very entrepreneurial country still, whether people want to admit it or not. The system isn't falling apart. And this is, I want to write more about this. I want to do more videos about this. This social, because this country has become on a certain level 
socialist. And the re and again, the reason it can we can keep it going is because the middle class are are basically cucks. They willingly will pay for this. They willingly will pay for this because they're this is just their lifestyle. They they they're like yeah, of course I'll I'll take the taxes. I'll pay the taxes. That's the way it is. That's that's being a patriotic American. I, I got to pay for my kids to go to good public school. I got to move away from the encroaching city and and run away from the problems and you know that that you know the the white flight or whatever you want to call it or and, and the black people leave cities too. Middle class flight is part of the reason that all this uh, sickening socialism can be uh, can be funded. The, the middle class in America will never put their foot down. They will never put their foot down. They they love it too. They're they having they're having fun. They're having fun too because they just they want their kids to go to good public schools. They think it's cool to send their kids to, even though public schools are horrible. I mean <laughs> they get worse and worse and worse. Uh, I'm rambling on a little bit now, but the system and, and by the way, the system isn't set. There isn't some mastermind who who's developed this plan. It's just the way people are. People are quite content to be fat and poor and sit in front of the TV, watch the NFL, you know, send their kids to public school and, and, and become unhealthy and, you know, and then they become desperate and they have to rely on the government. So basically, if you could think outside of this entire realm, if you can live outside of this entire realm of not having to worry about, you know, moving to send your, you know, buy a $500,000 house because this, your school system has become horrible and not having to worry about, uh, uh, having to rely on Obamacare because you've eaten, you've drinking so much Coca-Cola that you have diabetes now. If you, if, I mean, you could just simple things. You could just live totally outside of this, like I do, and just watch it. And it's just fun to watch. And you can do so many things with your life. Just travel around and just get into Bitcoin. And so, if people ever wonder how I do this, you know, you just got a glimpse. You just gotta be have the right mentality and and understand that life is not some big conspiracy that you have to worry about, that you're not set to follow a certain path in life. You can develop your own path and just watch everybody else go down that this crazy path to United States socialism that everybody just blindly accepts and blindly is happy about. The system isn't falling apart. 20 years it'll be just the same, just the same people following it blindly and stuff. And those who want to be outside of it will be uh, have free time and be wealthy and just enjoy uh, freedom. You're right. You're absolutely right. And um, I like to tell people, don't ever get comfortable because the moment you're content with the way your life is, it never gets any better. So the, the moment you're comfortable, that's about as great as your life will ever get. I mean, life can be great, but that doesn't mean you have to be content with it. You can always strive to get better and, and get more out of life. So don't ever get comfortable. Always stay uncomfortable because you strive to do more. Oh, and, yeah, I, man. and I'm with you on the whole, like, I, it just... I feel like I like just woke up one day because I got that whole nine to five thing and it just, I feel like I'm looking at it now from like outside from being in it for my whole life. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm not doing that much longer. My goal is to get out of the nine to five, become self-employed, become an entrepreneur. Um, and all this just recently came into my, my, my whole mentality. I used to live paycheck to paycheck. I used to just find reasons to spend money. I'd be like, yo, I got an extra 50 bucks. Let's go out and get something to drink. And it was really a, just a bad mentality and nothing changed. It isn't like I make more money now. It's just I spend less. Now I have a savings and I invested it. And now my savings is more has more value. So well, I do agree with a lot of what you're saying. Pretty much all of it. Like people got to stop getting comfortable. They got to strive. 
And uh, you got to stop being so like, I hate people that don't have a thousand dollars in their savings account, but they have an iPhone seven plus in their hand. I'm like, bro, like, how do you have a thousand dollar phone, but you don't have a thousand dollar in any investment in any savings in anything ever. It, 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 it really hurts my, like my soul to know close friends of mine are in that position where they find things to spend more money than they even have to back it. it it's really just the mindset they have. And it's the mindset that, that they that are, you know, it's people, it's weird. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but people are programmed to want to go out and spend more money than they have. That's why we have financing and leasing and all these other great credit things that help people spend money they don't have yet. Well, this is the two points you bring up there. The, the, the art of savings has totally been lost. I mean, people laugh at it. Especially yes, they do. In, you get mocked for it. You get I, mocked. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, people. People in our cryptocurrency space is amazing. They they think savings is it's, it's nothing. I mean, uh, it, savings is so important. It's so easy. It's such an easy thing to do, and you just you don't have to worry. I mean, it just gets rid of worry. Why worry? Um, another thing is, uh, what was I going to say about the? Uh, oh God, what's uh, that? It was. It had to do with the. Uh, uh, the, the, the oh yeah, people out there, Americans in general, Westerners, it, they're not going to stop this. The mentality I'm going to I'm about to describe to you, they get ten dollars, they spend eleven dollars. That's not ending. That's not ending, and that just fuels the system that everyone says is going to fa fall apart. It's not falling apart because just I don't know what's wrong. I don't know that that is just the general mentality of the Western population today. I don't know how that happened. That's not my mentality, I, but people earn $10, they go out and spend 11. And as long as that aspect is, is in play, oh yeah, this, this system is gonna work because in the end of the day, they're gonna have to go run to the government to bail them out and everything. And just the system will stay in place, this, this system that we're under. And again, if you're, if you're earning $10, and you're not spending eleven. If you're if you're earning ten dollars and you're spending five, or you're spending. Have it this: you're earning six dollars and you're spending three. You're in a lot better shape than that dude that's uh, earning ten and spending eleven, who's got you know the nice car and everything. And you can just look at it from the outside, sit back and relax, and, and you constantly challenge yourself. Obviously, mm -hmm. keep trying to be a better person, and you know never 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 fall asleep. That's what that's why I never want. I, I encourage people not to do drugs because I feel like drugs kind of make a person content and, you know, a little lazy and then people can argue, you know, whatever they want there. Oh, no, I'm with you. I, I'm living proof. I, I smoke marijuana and it definitely does enable my um, ambitions. You know, I'll, I'll procrastinate and then I sober up and I'm like, shit, I was supposed to get that done. <laughs> um, so I'm actually dying back on that for multiple reasons. Saving one, two, I have to dedicate a lot more time to crypto and becoming uh, a more level-headed, straight-minded personality in the space. Uh, I wanted to backtrack a little bit and um, touch on like Adam Meister. Uh, what is the hardest part about being a cryptocurrency personality in the space? Or just what's the hardest part about being Adam Meister in the Bitcoin space? Oh, the hardest part is just, I think what's frustrated me where I haven't lived up to my standards is that some there's so many new people coming into the space and I do so many videos that I get I get asked some of the same questions over 
and over and over again. And a few times I've, I've lost it. I've been like, dude, stop asking me these questions. I've answered this five times already. And the, just check my archives out, check my archives out. And you know, that's not, I wouldn't say that's the best approach. And so it can be, you, you can't take it for granted that people have watched all of your videos. I mean, it's just because you, you have 500 videos out there doesn't mean anyone's watched all of them or even a fraction of them. And so you're going to get asked the same questions. Um, new people are very prone to asking questions about cloud mining, which I have been passionately against, but again, it's not their fault. They haven't heard me. And then a lot of people like they, they kind of overestimate their pool. And so they love to leave comments or ask you about a certain altcoin in hopes that them mentioning it is going to help pump the price or in hopes that I will mention it and that that will help pump the price. But both things aren't really happening. It, it's, it's, it's not that simple. And, and again, I'm not here to, I, I don't like, I hardly like any altcoins. I don't like, I mean, the ones that uh, that intrigue me are the ones that I'm familiar with, like the management teams and I know came from legitimate sources and uh, ha are, and are somewhat original and are already somewhat popular and universally considered first tier. I mean, you know, for example, Litecoin. I mean, I know Charlie Lee. He's totally awesome. He created it for legit reasons. It's it's a legitimate altcoin and. I only respect the ones that are going to be around still in 2020 in a legitimate way. Not like, I mean, they'll probably all be around still, like, but not in a legitimate like way. They'll be around be, in, the, in the sense of Doge will always be around. Yeah, yeah, exa exactly. But like, but but the, the good ones, the, there'll be a few survivors that'll be like, well, minor. there's still some we don't even know yet. We, we got time for oh, new, yeah. new crypto to come out and be better than something i don't know how yeah. i mean like you said the, the the what really adds value to a cryptocurrency is it's like it's pre-existing track record so in order to be better than litecoin you'd have to have a longer impervious blockchain than litecoin which is hard to do or to be a better you know anything so i, I don't know um but to touch on a different side of the same question or different side of the coin um what is some of the most enjoyable parts about being a Bitcoin personality? Oh my God. Well, that there's no, there is new news every day. Every day I can come up with an original video. And I think that's awesome. Um, meeting people from around the world. It's just, it's so, it's awesome networking with people around the world. People have been so nice to me, offer me free places to stay. I mean, it, it is just a generosity. It's amazing. It's it's just amazing, and just there's such excitement in this space. It's like being around when the internet was just coming out. I assume, and it, it's like this is what I've dreamt of my whole life to be in a in an industry that is just at the beginning, at the beginning of a revolution. So that is just super exciting, and 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 to be at on the tip of the spear, or whatever, and to be. No, you know, known. I mean, I don't want to sound like a I'm bragging or something, but people know who I am, and it's like to be a personality, to be a player in all this, is cool. And and 
anyone can be a player in this in this anyone can start a chat that's the all we're so early in this that anyone can get to a point where i am in a matter of months i mean it's just you just got to persevere and you got to think outside the box and kind of be willing to drop some of your traditional definitions of what's normal like i don't need a normal job anymore i i should just save and start really getting into this cryptocurrency thing now you you got to get rid of some fear some fear of being ridiculed for being different i think i think that's why a lot of people stay in their traditional boring jobs because they don't want to be ridiculed by the masses and by their cohorts you know they, well, they peer, peer pressure Hmm? I sorry I didn't hear what you say. They're the haters. That's that's the your friend your friends are gonna see you quit your nine to five while they're still going to the nine to five. And most of the time those people unfortunately aren't very supportive. You know, they're the haters, they're like they're jealous and envious that you found your way out of the rat race and, and they're still stuck in that mentality. So I mean I wouldn't look for any admiration from close friends or family if you do find your way out of that race and into something like this, because it's probably not gonna be there. Yeah, well, people have to, so many people succumb to peer pressure. So you have to get yourself out of that mentality. That's, I mean, that's, that's the first step, I guess. They don't care what other people think. Don't just, you know, go for it. We're, we're at such an exciting time. You don't want to be like 57 years old and like be like, oh, I should have done that. That was such an, I missed out on such excitement. And so, so think of us, think long-term, think of like, could be in the future and that you're in the and you're in the present now so you can make sure that things aren't going to end up that way right it's almost like you could go back in time and do something differently you can do that today right now and in the future you could be like oh shit i time traveled because i use foresight exactly no uh, exactly man, that's, that's a great awesome. way of coming in. yeah this has been a great interview man i'm loving it so far i got a couple things i wanted to touch on i know we're running long and it's late i don't want to keep you up i know no, man, this is fun this is fun i like it i'm having a great time keep them coming keep all them right coming. here here here's the next one i'm interested out of all the people you have interviewed who is your favorite person to interview and why oh my god let's think about this one well charlie lee uh that was that was pretty awesome um because he was just so honest and i was surprised he, he was revealing like his percentages of his portfolio and stuff and people were getting pretty excited um what am i my fate my favorite show i did which wasn't the question but this kind of lends in i had it this week in bitcoin when i was in lisbon portugal and it was um, actually Ben of BTC sessions was one of the scheduled guests. Um, Ansel Lidner was also on the show that night and I forgot who the third guy was. And there was some crazy FUD with a uh, Bitcoin going on at the time. And we, we can, we were about to conclude the show and I see Vinny Lingham's in the chat and I invite him in to the show and he suddenly comes on the show and it was awesome. And then, I see Tone Bays in the in the chat, and I get Tone to come on the show. And then who who else came on the show that there was someone um 
God, what's his phrase from Minnesota came on the show that why can't I think of his name? I, I am a little tired. I get, but all of a sudden we got six guys on the, this week in Bitcoin show. It was only supposed to be three of us. It had already been an hour. It lasts an hour more. Everyone's asking Vinny all these questions, but he doesn't get interviewed that often, especially. No, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Especially back then. And I already had like an all-star caliber cast. I mean, it was fun. So that was one of the, the most popular This Week in Bitcoin I've ever done, actually. It's still out there. So um, go to, if people want to watch it, obviously it's 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 in March, I guess. I have a link March. in the description box to your channel so they could click the link in the description box and go hunt for it. Yeah, Dude, that yeah, is yeah. awesome, man. Blake, that is so Blake cool. Anderson. Blake Anderson's from Minnesota. I forgot there his name. <laughs> That's yeah. like, exactly when you'd remember it, too, like when <laughs> some random moment. Yeah, well, and it was cool. And then, you know, afterwards, we're all chilling out afterwards. People are drinking. Ben, you know, since he's in Canada, he pulls out a beer, starts drinking, talking to Blake. It was it was a cool time. Um, but Vinny kind of freaked everybody out on that one, too. Uh, he, it, it, it's an interesting episode, to say the least. It, it was it was so that was the that was my best show. But um, again, the Charlie Lee interview was was really cool. Um, I, I always enjoy the, uh, the Andy Hoffman interviews. They, they go by real fast and he's from outside the space and the, the, oh, I, I mean, I had Doug Casey on the show. That one I was, I was proud to get him because he's so famous in the uh, alternative finance world. That, that was an interesting one. Uh, definitely. That was one that I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, just proud of, of getting that guest. I mean, my most hated, uh, you know, the one who causes the most controversy, and it's just so funny. She's so polar, and the only woman ever to be on my show. <laughs> I already the know where you're woman, going, yeah. Amanda Johnson, she's the only, woman, her. the only woman to ever be on my show. And so when she comes on, too, it's funny because both sides of the coin, everyone's, everyone's hating on me on that, that. They're like, you're such a Dash sellout. And then the dash, some Dash people are like, you're only like Bitcoin. I mean, it's... It's cool to have gotten so big where the trolls, no matter what video I do, they'll attack me for being, you know, too pro Bitcoin and other ones will attack me for being too pro something else. So it's, it's good. I guess it kind of shows that I'm not, you know, if I'm getting attacked from both sides, I can't be that biased, I guess. No, and that was actually a really good, uh, the most recent one with Amanda that you did was really good. I enjoyed it. And I think that that brings for some really unique conversations. Somebody who's like, you know, mo I wouldn't want to say uh, you're a Bitcoin maximalist, but I mean, you could be, you know, you could be considered one. And then you have Amanda B. Johnson on the show. Like, I, how did you even schedule that? Like, you're very outspoken, just buy Bitcoin, nothing else. And then you're like, hey, Amanda, you want to come on and talk about Dash? Like, how did that even well, come into life? It was her third time on my show. The other one, the first time she was on my show was Dash was like, it was, it had been below $10. And so, you know, I, I, I got her at a good time the first time. And what she liked about the entire situation is that I was very polite. And around that time, some people were having her on their shows and they would try to ambush her and stuff. Yeah. And I, I'm not about ambushing people. And there are a lot of people out there who love that kind of thing. And you know, they each their own, but I just think that's, that's not necessary. I know Andreas Antonopoulos is a person who looks down upon 
the people who like to ambush people and, and make people look silly. I'm not here to make people look silly. So she she really appreciated that the first time, and so she was happy to come back the second time when Dash was like going wild, and she was happy to go back come back the third time. And you know, I've been talking about Amanda Johnson ever since Dash hired her a year ago. I thought it was a great marketing move. And that is my background, is marketing. So I do bring a, a marketing perspective to Bitcoin and cryptocurrency that is, is sorely lacking. There are a lot of people who look down upon marketing in the cryptocurrency world, and that is a mistake. And I stress to people who are watching this, who are into marketing and maybe not into cryptocurrency, to get into this space, that more and more marketing, you're going to do very well in cryptocurrency if you That's have a marketing background. That's the one background. thing cryptocurrency industry is uh, lacking horribly is marketing. I mean, it's just, there's none. There is no marketing. I mean, so in some cases that's awesome because we don't have all these ICOs with like, you know, banner ads on like Amazon, but it also, it's like, some some people could do better with their marketing. I think uh, Coinbase could probably do better <laughs> with their marketing and with their service they provide. Um, certain other aspects of other things in the industry like hardware wallets i feel like if they did more marketing of their product the product itself would trigger questions like oh cryptocurrency wallet what's the cryptocurrency so i feel like if if those things use some of the money they made in, into marketing but i feel like what they're all these things are depending on right now is this marketing between you me and other enthusiasts that say hey you know grab a friend by the arm and we have to hold hands and show people how to on-ramp them into this because well, in, of our passion for it. In terms of Bitcoin, Bitcoin itself, obviously there's no central authority to hire marketing people. But if more marketing people came into Bitcoin and collaborated and like formed their own marketing entity, like saying, hey, we're going to market Bitcoin. We are the marketers of Bitcoin. Sponsor us. People would pay them. I mean, there's an idea right there. And, you know, there have been different, there have been different Bitcoin um, – I guess, support groups and Bitcoin congresses or whatever you want to say. Um, but some of them, and some of them haven't ended very well, but pe pe people should, you know, be creative with this thing. I mean, this is open source. This is no central authority. So you could just make your own claim and say, I'm the Bitcoin marketing agency <laughs> and I I'm going to do it. And some wealthy Bitcoin people sponsor me. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibilities to do something. So yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of and even like Litecoin needs marketing. And, you know, that was what that's what, another thing I liked about that Charlie Lee interview is that we were talking about that. And afterwards, it seemed like he, he became more proactive with marketing and with a lot of things with his messaging changed after our interview. I do remember that. And I felt I felt like we almost made progress. I, I don't know. You can, <laughs> who knows? Um, but but uh you never know. There's, there's the bottom line is there's room for marketing people, and they're in this, in this uh, realm. And if you're a creative marketing person, all the better. You can come up with. There's no, there's nothing holding you back. There's not no, there's no rules really. I mean, it's it's anarchy, but in it's a good way. The good anarchy, not chaos. To touch on chaos, and um, I'm not sure if you even have to worry about this because you don't sell. But uh, what are your thoughts on Bitcoin and taxes? Uh, you're a consultant who gets paid in cryptocurrencies. When it does come, uh, when it does come time to sell, uh, even whether it be 2020 or years after, how do you plan on paying taxes? Or 
what are your thoughts on how taxes may be in the future uh, when cryptocurrency like Bitcoin is mainstream and fully adopted? Well, this is this is a you bring up an excellent point. Taxes are something that I constantly talk about because the people who are just flipping it back and forth are legally obligated to pay taxes on the profits they have made on on Bitcoin. And if they're doing it through Coinbase, which many of them are, it's being totally recorded. And Coinbase, the IRS has already contacted Coinbase. So you, if you have bought and sold and bought and sold through Coinbase, you, you better be paying your taxes. They're going to tell on you. That, that, that's, the IRS has a huge target there, a huge target already out there of all these people who didn't buy and hold, who just bought and sold. So those, those people are first on the list right there. They, now, the buy and hold people... You're not obligated to, you know, report an income until you've actually sold your Bitcoin. So, hey, man, I simplify. That's another reason to buy and hold. You're not selling anything. Now, if I sell a bunch in 2020 and I'm not saying I'm going to do that again, I just set that date. Because people have <laughs> have a hard time thinking long-term, they need a date. That's <laughs> yeah. another thing. People ask me, You're gonna, why are you going to sell all your Bitcoin? I never said I was going to sell any of my Bitcoin in 2020. That's the earliest possible time that I'd sell any of it. Um, but yeah, I would I would assume that the rules would be similar to the, the, that they are right now, to what they are right now, that when you sell, you say how much you paid for them, and then you say how much you sold them for. There is your profit. And that's what you pay the taxes on, on that profit right there. Gotcha. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, uh, the, the Genesis mining or like, you know, cloud mining uh, referral schemes and like how you don't promote any of that. Um, so like you have a great audience, a big audience. The only things I ever seen referral wise are like you said for your, your wallets or something, stuff like that, like very earnest referrals. Um, what do you think about things like cloud mining or these lending sites like BitConnect? Like, what is your opinion on those? It's it's they take advantage of a bunch of short-term thinkers. There's people who are impulsive. People don't understand that it's more profitable and easier and safer just to if you get one Bitcoin, that's it. Hold on to the one Bitcoin. Don't try to have something magical happen to it where it becomes more than one Bitcoin or where you totally lose track. You just remember, oh, I paid $600 for that Bitcoin and now I have earned $900. But yet now the Bitcoin's worth $3,000. So you've totally lost track. You've gotten back into the dollar paradigm again. Mm -hmm. You've just totally lost, you know, value your wealth in Bitcoin if you're playing in the Bitcoin space. The same goes for when you're flipping in the altcoins and all this stuff. You, you, you just, you got to think long term. There's no, there, again, these these cloud mine, Genesis even admitted that they're around to make it easier for people to mine. That if someone wanted to be a miner on their own, it would it would be more expensive than doing it through cloud mining. But at the same time, it, it, there's no guarantee you're going to profit through cloud mining. I mean, you have to do all this weird referral, multi-level marketing stuff. And mo most of the time, you should run away from multi-level marketing. I mean, that's what I've learned in life. That mo most of it is a scam. Not everyone's a salesperson anyway. 
I mean, you have to be a salesman to be a good multi-level marketer. It's a pyramid scheme half the time. And, any, and I'm just talking beyond cryptocurrency too. Um, in cryptocurrency, it's so easy for people to steal from you though. Send me one Bitcoin, I'll double it. You send them one Bitcoin, that's it. They just run away. There's yeah. no, no way of getting that one Bitcoin. There's no way because that's the thing about, it's about individual responsibility in cryptocurrency. Once you send it, um, PayPal can't reverse it. There is no third party to reverse it. So why get involved with third parties here? If you, start to get, if you start to get involved with third parties in any aspect of Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, you have to question what's going on. You, have, you just have to go, boil it down to individual responsibility, controlling your own private key. If you don't control your own private key, you don't own your Bitcoin. It's that simple. It's, it's crazy that people have like a totally different mentality of money when as soon as they get their hands on crypto, how they would treat money like fiat and how they treat money like crypto are two totally different mindsets. As soon as they get their hands on crypto, they can't wait to give it away to somebody. I've never seen anybody take a $100 bill and be like, can somebody make this $200, please? Somebody just take my $100 bill and give me back $200 whenever because I know you'll do it. No, nobody does that with paper money. But the moment they get digital money, they can't like you can't hold friends back hard enough to stop them from throwing money at certain things. Dude, that is an excellent observation on your part, part, part. And I don't know why that is. I don't because they're maybe they're bored because they can't see it physically. They can't hold it physically. Maybe that's the the aspect that's lacking and they just it's not real to them. So they're willing to do things that are more dangerous with it. I don't know. It's a great observation on your they Well, yeah, yeah. Not tangible, not real. As soon as they buy it, they're like, yeah, this isn't money anymore. It's, you know, gummy bears or something. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, true. That's, that's the wrong way of looking at it. That's definitely, they should, cause it's so much more valuable than a hundred dollar bill. A hundred dollar bill is going to be worth a hundred dollars. A Bitcoin is going to be worth a lot more dollars. It's going to be worth a Bitcoin, but a lot more in terms of dollars in, in 2020. So yeah, people have to have the mentality of the quantity of coin, not the dollar value you're gonna get. Like you could give up a Bitcoin, like you said, pay 600, you give up that Bitcoin and somebody gives you 900 in six months, but what if it goes to 1200? You could have made a lot more just holding. And with the time that you spend, like audience, hear me, the time that you spend trading, the time that you spend mining the time that you spend on all these schemes could be time that you invest it into something else honestly earning to reinvest that into bitcoin so you're wasting time time is money you're wasting money while trying to make money it's a double negative yeah totally. uh adam i wanted to ask you another question uh kind of backtracking here a little bit but if there was one person you could get on your show to interview who would it be and why well the one person that well, I want to get Andreas Antonopoulos on. That would be awesome. But he's just a, such a smart guy, and a lot of people have requested him. Um, and uh, I think we'd have an interesting conversation. I'd, I'd have some interesting uh, questions for him. Uh, someone that I, I've been trying to get on, it's really hard to contact. He gets on a lot of other people's show. I'd like to have Fluffy Pony from Monero on. Yeah, because be I, I've had Because I've had Amanda Johnson on three different times. And... Um, it's just hard to get him. It's hard to get in touch with him, but he's been on other shows. So that's just someone I'd, I'd like to get on. Um, Have you reached out to Andreas? No, I've never reached out to Andreas. Dude, I though. feel like if you did, he he would do it. I've actually interviewed Andreas, not on my own personal channel, on the Bitcoin podcast, the actual 
show on the network. Uh, we, I got him from, I reached out to him on Twitter and I got him to come on the show. He, he's a really social person. I, I don't think anybody would expect how social he can be. So I feel like, you know, you being you, you should reach out because I really want to hear that conversation. That would be awesome. Yeah. You know, I should, I should aim. I, 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 Gotta say, I never, I've never asked him to be on. Well, the now show. I'm gonna tweet you. I'm gonna tag you both and be like, "Make this happen, make universe, make this happen," because I know I'm not alone in wanting to hear that conversation. Yeah, that that would be that would be fun. I I guess I've been like, I don't know, the dude is traveling so much, I don't want to waste his time. But I guess no, uh, you ain't wasting uh, nobody's time, I know, man. I know, I know, I, know, I, know and, I, and it's true. I gotta, yeah, you gotta put yourself in the right mindset there, Meister. Yeah, dude, you're, you're too humble. Like stand up, yeah. stand up. Yeah, you're yeah, too yeah, humble. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I. I should reach out to him soon. So yeah, he's a guy I'd like to have on, but I have reached out to Fluffy Pony. It just it just hasn't come together yet. And um, he's definitely a character and I'm sure we'd have a very interesting time talking. And again, yeah, and, and just it's some of the some of the, you know, Monero and Dash, they don't battle as much as they used to, those two communities. Um, but uh, they, you know, they, they I want to make the Monero people happy too. They 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 got their share of Amanda Johnson, so the Dash people should get their share of uh, uh, of Fluffy Pony. I mean, equal uh, try to try to give some equal love to both communities there. True that. All right, this has been awesome. Uh, I'm gonna wrap things up with uh, a question here for you. I, I at the Bitcoin podcast, we like to ask a pretty difficult question, so take your time. And I tweak this a little bit per guest, so. Uh, could you describe altcoins in 10 words or less? Yes. A way to acquire more Bitcoin. Perfect. That's exactly what I tell people. Uh, altcoins are a means to more Bitcoin. That's that's all I've ever got an altcoin for is for it to go up in value, cash out, get my more Bitcoin. That's it. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Dude, thank you so much for being on the show, man. It was a pleasure, uh, honor. I can't believe you made time to come on my show. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, hopefully one day I can get on your show and you could flip the script and ask me some questions. Uh, is there anything that I should have asked or anything you wanted to talk about while we had the audience? We have about 60 viewers. I didn't know you want to tell them where they can find you, um, what's coming up next, stuff like that. Well, yeah, I want to. I want to thank you. This has been an awesome conversation, and you will be on my show very soon. We got. We got to set that up, man. I, I like. I like what you're doing out there, and you know, I've I noticed you a while ago, and you definitely seem like more straight edge now. I mean, that, that's that's kind of interesting. Maybe that's just my. Uh, no, uh, I matured. Did, I, I definitely matured. Crypto you, somehow matured me. I don't like it. <laughs> Did you have more facial hair before too, or something like that? This is yeah. the first time I've ever shaved ever on my show. This is the okay. uh, my face's first presentation. It's yeah, you're looking good, man. You're looking good. Um, I just want to say people could find me at uh, you can go to disruptmeister.com. Just Google Bitcoin Meister on YouTube. Obviously, you'll link to my show below. I post a new show every day. Uh, What's coming up next? I'll be in Hong Kong. I'll be at the Hong Kong a Bitcoin meetup on 4th of July. And then I'll be in Australia and uh, I'll be in uh, Perth from uh, the 10th of July to the 17th. And then from the 17th to the 30th, uh, 31st, I'll be in Brisbane. And I'll definitely meet some people out in both those cities. I'm working on some different things out there. So it'll be fun to be back 
in Australia for a third time. I'm, I love it down there. It's really nice. So much for not traveling as much. <laughs> yeah, well that, that's the goal for 2018. Maybe it'll be less travel, hopefully. We'll see. We'll see. All right, man. Thank you again. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, have a day. Pound that like button. Pound that like button. Hell yeah.